The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 12. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wished it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five and one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. And they will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret this present time? The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us to see the times and the places where we live, that we may see the power of your gospel in our lives. Amen. I'm sure you didn't like the text today, did you? No, no. It's not one we're going to hang on the refrigerator, is it? We're not going to put it on a greeting card. We probably won't even teach it in Sunday school. So where do we start? To understand what's going on. Let's start with another question. What does it cost to go to church on Sunday morning? It means giving up a free Sunday morning, right? No sleeping in. Well, you couldn't have slept in this morning anyway. The lightning would have at least made me jump out of bed may cost you 20, 30, 40 bucks to put in the offering plate. But if we add all that together, it doesn't cost much to go to church. Even in this post-Christian era that we live. What did it cost in Jesus' day? Jesus in the text says there will be conflict and there will be division. The family, which is the basic root of all cultures, will be shattered. So to follow Jesus meant that there would be religious differences, there would be economic differences, there would be a political upheaval. 
If you were Jewish and you wanted to follow Jesus as the Messiah, you would be following an itinerant rabbi, not one that came out of a synagogue. You would be seeing that he would deal with the people who were not respectable. He would be dealing with accepted sinners. He would be preaching a message of love and forgiveness. And this Messiah would not look like the Messiah that you had been taught, that it would be like a warrior King David returning to establish the nation. If you were a Gentile and you accepted Jesus as a rabbi, as a Messiah, you would have an itinerant rabbi who would be preaching to people who were not acceptable. He would be welcoming sinners. He would be preaching a message of love and forgiveness. And he would not be the Messiah of the culture of having great power and great importance. So we have Jesus, who's bringing new beliefs and a new way of living. We would have a Jesus who accepts and honors sinners. He would have a Jesus that tells us not to judge people, instead invite them into our life. We would have a Jesus who preaches love and forgiveness, and to take that love and forgiveness and share it with people who are different than we are. So what do we have when we hear this text? What do we have? I think we have us wearing blinders so that we don't see the world. We don't even admit it. We have our eyes wide open and we can look at life and we say, we know what this is about. And we hide from the truth. But we all have blinders. That's what it means to be human, is to have blinders. We interpret the world that we see through our own experience. And our experience comes from factors of race, or gender, or class, or education, or where we grew up. Those blinders determine what we see and what we don't see. So what does the text do besides make us uncomfortable? I think it's asking us to take off the blinders. 
Jesus says in the text, Do you think that I have come to bring peace on the earth? No, I tell you, rather division. It's not the Christmas message of peace on earth and goodwill to all people, is it? But if we remember at the beginning of Luke, Simeon gave a prophecy. This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. So how can this Jesus, who we say is peace on earth at Christmas, now be the one who brings division? So if we have blinders, And if we want to look past the blinders, if we want to have the nerve to look around us and see, and then say, this isn't right, then the result will be division. Those who benefit from the status quo will fight to keep things from changing. They will keep their blinders on so that they don't have to see the reality of injustice. I think that's what Jesus is talking about. He's not retreating from the gospel of message of peace, peace and goodwill to all people. He's making the point that peace for all people cost. And he's telling his disciples that if you're going to follow me and if you're going to work for peace, it won't be pleasant. So what does that mean for us today? Jesus called them hypocrites because they could look at the weather and tell you if it was raining or if it was going to be hot. But then he challenged, take the blinders off. Is this what God intends? That's where we can start. Whatever our background, wherever we are in life right now, Jesus is saying, at least see the injustice. See the poverty. See the suffering that's around us. And we have people very near us who are suffering. So Jesus talks about the weather. Dark clouds bring rain. Dry wind from the south brings heat. His teaching changes the world. He is the one who was born to be king, a new reign for all people. 
He is the one who says, look around. Look at the kingdoms. Be prepared for opposition. What if we read this text and we are truly terrified by it? What if we don't want the baptism by fire? We say we have faith in Jesus, and it is in Jesus that that Holy Spirit baptized him, that he suffered death, that we might have pardon and life now and in the world to come. So when we look at the text, Look at it hard enough to know that we have the courage to accept all of the gospel message and that we can pray, come Lord Jesus. And what do we do? What do we do with our fellow Christians as we are looking at this text? Stu Cameron says, what we do is honor our fellow Christians. Honoring one another is to support one another in the race we call faith and cling to Christ rather than sin. And it's hard. So we honor one another We honor one another when we carefully weigh our words, when we are about to speak, when we write an email. We want honor one another when we hold each other up in thoughts and prayers and good deeds. We honor one another when we thank people each week who play our music, who act as ushers, who work in the congregation, who come to prayer groups or Bible studies, who prepare that morning tea or coffee, who prepare Sunday school or work on the altar committee. We honor one another when we say thank you. We honor one another when we see the works of faith done for each of us. It builds the community. It builds the community so we can look at this text and see beyond the fear to the faith. Amen.